took a little vacation and uh, uh, took a few days, went down to uh, the uh, hot Atlanta, uh, and we, uh, we saw animals in swimming pools because that's the stage of life that we're in is we go on vacation and we see animals and swimming pools. And uh, it was good. It was good. It was good to get away. Uh, I want to say, really want to say thank you to, to Ben and Nathan uh, for both teaching and Doc uh, for teaching. I was here for Doc's. I, I hung around for years, you know, so, but, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, they, they, I've heard wonderful things about all the messages that they have all taught. Um, you know, obviously got to hear Doc's, but uh, uh, just so very grateful uh, for these guys and uh, that I get to work with these guys, that they're, we're on staff together. Uh, we are very, very blessed uh, with, the, with the folks that God has put together uh, as our staff. Um, uh, let's see, something else I was going to tell you. Oh, yeah, uh, if you are visiting with us, uh, there's a Connect card in front of you. If you've never filled one of those out, uh, you can uh, do that, and uh, you can do prayer requests on it or whatever you want to do. You can send us a message or love note or whatever, whatever, whatever you feel like, you know, I don't matter to me, uh, but, uh, you know, get some, get some pretty interesting stuff on there from time to time, but, uh, uh, glad, glad to, uh, to connect with you and help you get plugged in and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and honestly, this, this message that we're talking about today, uh, is, is really, uh, for me is the heart of 24 church. Uh, and, uh, I'm excited to get to teach it. Um, just, uh, yeah. And, uh, try not to be emotional after that song. Uh, so I could have just gone home after that song, to be honest with you. I'd like gone home to be with Jesus after that song, you know. So, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's say a word of prayer over, over the scripture, and then we'll, we'll read it together. God, we come to you, and we just, we just ask, Lord, that you would, you would speak through your word, and um, God, that you would, uh, uh, Lord, use our time together here to glorify you. Uh, may we make much of you. Uh, and may it all be about you, and God, may we be more like you because of spending time with you. God, just impart to us what it looks like to be the people that you've called us to be and created us to be. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus. We ask all this in his name. Amen. Um, so uh, we're walking through First uh, John right now, and then eventually Second and Third John. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> we're 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 getting close here on First John, and uh, today we're finishing off uh, chapter four of uh, First John. If you've got a Bible and you want to get it out and go to that, if you don't have a Bible, uh, we have ushers, and they will be glad to bring you a Bible. Just throw your hand up, let them know that you need it, and uh, go to First John with us. If you don't own a Bible, you can keep that one. By the way, we'd love for you to have it. Uh, but First uh, John chapter four today and uh this uh you know honestly all of you know john is john is like love 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 john's constantly talking about love especially in first john he's constantly talking about love uh you know you're talking about the guy that's also known as the beloved uh you know that and and that was a term that jesus gave him so uh you know I, there's there's a lot to this guy and how the Lord wired him up and created him with this huge heart to care for people and to care, you know, uh, just uh, in, in amazing amounts of ways that he just, he's not going to give it up, you know, kind of thing. So much so that Jesus gives him the nickname. He's constantly talking about it. He's being repetitive. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. And, and it's challenging, I think, for us in a good way uh, to be reminded of what it looks like for us to be the image of God in this world, 
You know, and, and I, think, I think for so many of us, I think we approach our relationship with Jesus as a, you know, what can I get out of it kind of thing. And the truth is, is that it's not about what can we get out of it, it's what can he get out of us. You know, it's like, you know, how can he change us? You know, how can he mold us? How can he make us into that new creation? Like, what are the steps left to take for us to be changed, to be the people of God that he always created us to be and has called us to be? First John 4, 7, I'm just going to go ahead and start reading through this because uh, it's a good little chunk of, of scripture here that I, wanna, I want us to, to cover today. And so I'm trying not to get too wordy with it and trying to just like stick to the basics but get us through it so that we can have an understanding that hopefully is, for me, honestly, uh, it, it's still life-changing every time I read through it, every time I really think about it. Uh, I, hope, I hope that the Lord speaks to you through it today. Uh, let's go uh, 1 John 4, verse 7. He says, Beloved, and here he is, using the term that Jesus has called him for years now he is in turn sharing that term you know with others that are reading this at the time it says beloved let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God and anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love in this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we may, so, where did we go? World, so that we might live through him. Uh, is that right? I jumped, didn't I? Let's go back to verse, uh, let's go back to verse nine. I'm sorry. This happens from time to time. It's called getting old. Uh, in, <laughs> verse nine, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, he does it again, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. That's the first half of the scripture that we're going to read today. <laughs> So i got to try to get us through this. Uh, verse 7, let's go back to verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So, so here right off the bat, you know, we've, we've got this, you know, there's a command here. Let us love one another. And then it goes into, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So there's, you know, it's, it's this, you know, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be loving one another. John, you know, has already covered this base, but he's coming back to it. And I, I got to be honest with you, in this, in this passage as a whole, he's not just coming back to it to kind of like kind of visit it. He's coming back with a vengeance. He's coming back that we can't walk away from the passages that we are studying today the same. Like he wants us to understand we have been transformed by God's love. We are being transformed by God's love, and he wants that to have an impact on our life that changes not just us, but changes the world. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So there's this reminder here that, you know, that the love that we have from God 
is from him. Of course, we'll get to the whole, you know, he loved us first thing later on. And it says, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So there, this is like a, uh, you know, John's been doing these tests, you know, as he's been walking through these passages, if you've been paying attention about, you know, especially about the topic of love and, you know, how, how you can tell if someone is a believer. And really, he's not, he's not telling us that so much, I don't think, for us to be like judgy, judgy with the people around us. Like, I don't know, you think they're a believer? I don't know if they've been loving enough lately, right? You know? You know what I'm saying? No, I think this is this is about this is about us. This is about us being honest with ourselves. This is John speaking to the to the reader, to the listener who is hearing this taught. He is he is speaking to that person. God is speaking to that person so that they would understand the importance of this being true in their lives. Quit worrying about the lives of the other people. What's going on in your life today? Where is your love for your fellow brother, your fellow sister? He says, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So he's saying if, you're, if, if, that, kind of, if that kind of love is coming through you to those around you, that is a tell that you love God, okay, and you've been born of God, and you know God. Folks, that, that's a big statement, you know? Like we say, so you know, I'm a Christian, yeah, you know. I'm a Christian, but, uh, you know, I don't really love everybody, you know. Well, that kind of doesn't work out according to Scripture. We'll get to that in a little bit too. Verse 8, let's keep going. It says, uh, in, uh, by the way, that, so uh, I'm going back to verse 7. So the, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, this is why it's going to be a long one. I'm just warning uh, y'all be going to the Mexican restaurant here in just a minute, like in the middle of the message. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Save some chips and salsa for me. Okay. We go to, we can go together. Okay. Actually we can't because you'll leave after the service. I still got another one to do, but yeah, it says, it says in, in this whole thing of whoever loves has been born of God and knows God, this is the evidence of us being born again. Like we have to see that. Right? Like, like if you're questioning your salvation in any way, shape, or form, maybe just ask yourself, well, am I, do I love people? Do I love people like God has loved me? Am I, am I loving like that toward others? Because that's our call. Now we go to verse 8. Verse 8, anyone who does not love God, I'm sorry, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. If we don't, if we don't love, we don't know God. He's saying God is love. And, and really, the understanding of, of that statement is a huge piece for us. It is saying this is the nature of God. This is his nature. In other words, God doesn't do anything apart from love. So if God is judging, he's doing so in love. If, judge, if God is creating, he's doing so in love. If he's ruling, he's doing so with love. Like, he is love. And it creates in us this, this understanding and helps us to understand that for us, that that love that he has given us is, and this nature that he has is the same nature that he is putting on us, made in his image, knowing him as our Savior. We, too, 
should not be able to do anything apart from his love. Now, the trick here is, uh, you know, the more time we spend with the Lord, the more we become like him. You ever notice how, like, you start hanging out with somebody, and the more you hang out with them, the more you start, like, having interests that they do or are talking like they do. You don't know anybody that, like, they change their dialect depending upon who they're around. Like, they change, like, how they talk or, you know, whatever. Like, some of you might talk differently at work tomorrow than you do here on Sunday morning. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. I hope not. You know? But, you know, we've all kind of done things like that, right? Same, same idea here. The more time we spend with the Lord the more we are like him, more in his nature, more in his image. He is love. And in verse 9, uh, and, and again, this is uh, where verse 7 was the evidence of us being born again. In verse 8, we have this evidence of us knowing him. You know, if we know him, then his love will permeate from us that we will take on his nature of love. He's continually giving himself to others, seeking their benefit. You ever know anybody that just needs someone to care about them? You ever know somebody that thinks that nobody cares? There's a, uh, folks that I work with in East Nashville a little bit, oh, uh, I walked in uh, one day early this week down there to a, to a not-so-great moment to find out that, that one of the folks down there had taken their life this past week. Just seen him. They had just been, he'd just been there the, the night before, the day before. You know, seemed perfectly fine. We never know what's going on with somebody. And the truth is, is you may be in a situation right now in your life where you honestly, if you were just, if we just, if we put you on the podium and we just made you like tell us the truth and we said, hey, how are you feeling about life? You, you might be one of those people that says, you know, I don't think anybody really cares. It's, it's easier than people think to get into that frame of mind. By the way, that frame of mind is a bunch of lies from the pit of hell, okay? This understanding that God has done this work in sending Jesus, that we might know him, that we might be changed by him, that we might be like him, that we would love in this world as he has loved us, is on purpose. We call it light. See how important this is. Like this, this is our calling. You know, it is glorifying God through loving others. You know, that, that, this is our calling to the world, our calling to be light in the world. You can boil it down really honestly to this passage of Scripture that we're studying today. It's really amazing. God is continually giving of himself to others and he's seeking their benefit for his good. Verse 9, it goes on. It says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we, may, we might live through him. This is the message of the gospel. This is understanding that God the Father loved us so much that even while we had our backs turned to him, 
that while we were still sinners, that at the right time, Christ died for who? The ungodly. Romans 5. The ungodly. That Christ died for the ungodly. Oh, Christ died for all the perfect church people. Right? No. Because there are none. (laughs) Christ died for the ungodly. He died for sinners, which is who we are. And it's an amazing thing in which God sent his son to take the death that we deserve on a cross that we might have life if we believe and trust in him. Have you believed in Christ to be your savior today? I hope so. I hope so. That's the central piece of this. And without that, you don't get to really experience the love of God the way a believer does. It's truly amazing. Verse 10, it goes on, it says, In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, to take the ransom, to pay the debt, all of those things. He loved us. He bailed us out. He sent Jesus to die. He knew He knew what Jesus would have to do when he sent him. He sent Jesus to die on our behalf. And here we go, verse 11 again. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. I think think it's easy for us to compartmentalize the people that we choose to love and not love at times. And this verse, by the way, completely destroys that that's a good idea, okay? <laughs> Just so we're clear. You know, and, and I get it. You know, we have, we have some people in our lives that are harder than others, maybe to love. They're harder to let in. Maybe we can't trust them as much as we might trust some people. I, I get all that. I understand that. But we are still called to love them with the love that Christ has loved us. Now that's, again, that's hard. But He loved us when we still had our backs to him, still sinners, ungodly. And he's like, I don't just love you. I'm sending my son to die for you. And we're over here like, well, I I don't know if I can love her that much because, man, you know, she said some stuff that hurt me one time. You know, okay. There's a difference between loving somebody and trusting everything they say, you know? We can still love. We can still be Jesus to those people. Beloved, this term of endearment that John was known as, you know, he's using this as he's talking to us through this to say, I love you, and I love you so much, I want you to understand the truth of who God is and the love that he loved us first with. This is pretty amazing stuff. And again, shows us back to the nature of who God is. God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If we are Christians, if we are growing in Christ, if we are spending time with him, then we should be taking on the very nature of God himself that is love, 
that we would be able to love anybody. And his love in of itself inspires us to love others. Verse 12 goes, No one has ever seen God, and if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So here we get into this passage of scripture, and I love this passage. Uh, I love these parts of this passage. I love the whole passage, but uh, this is just a really cool part where where John is beginning to help us to understand like some truths about how God works this out with us. And almost, and almost in like a crazy way of like, you know, God abides in us, and then we abide in God. And then his love abides in us, you know, and then we're still abiding in God. And I mean, it's just, it's just, it's all the stuff we're going to, we're going to kind of hit a few pieces here. But, but here in this part, as God, as John's kind of opening the door to this, he says, if we love one another, then God abides in us. So he's saying, if, if we love one another, it's showing that God is in us. Okay. It's showing that God is in us. And he's going to talk a little bit more about that in verse 13 here in just a minute. He says, and his love is perfected in us. Now, I want to talk about that in just a minute, too, but I don't want to give it all away before we read verse 13. So let's go ahead and read verse 13, and then we're going to actually read verse 13 through 21, and we're going to come back and talk through it all. Verse 13, it says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God, so that we have come to know and to believe the love of God that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. I love it. By this is love perfected with us. There's that again. Again, he's very repetitive, which is great. He's trying to, he's driving it home. So that we may have confidence, this is awesome, for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also we uh, are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he loved, first loved us. Say that again. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. And he who does not love his brother whom he has uh, seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also, must also love his brother. It's a mouthful. It's good. So good. Now, we're going back to, we're finished off verse 12, right? Verse 12, you know, was the whole, like, if we love one another, God abides in us and his, per, and his love is perfected in us. So God abides in us. What does that look like? Well, then we have verse 13 to help clarify that. Verse 13, it says, by this, going back to what he was just talking about, by this, we know that we abide in him, we are in him, okay, and he is in us because he has given us his spirit. So the Holy Spirit lives within us. 
you know. Jesus, you remember Jesus going to be with the Father, and he tells the disciples, you know, I'm sending you, you know, something special here. You're getting a gift, and he sends the Holy Spirit in his absence. He's like, you know, this is going to be, he's going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I'll be with you always to the end of the world, you know, the end of the ages, all that stuff. You know, this is that. This is the Holy Spirit living in us. But, but it's not just that, because he's also saying, by this we know Again, we've got all this abiding here, and we had in verse 12, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. But then in verse 13, by this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. So there is a, we are abiding in him, and he is abiding in us. Now, I I started to rip it, uh, I think I actually have at some point in the past, Louis Giglio uh, taught a message about this years ago that I saw, and he and he took like these clear Tupperware tubs, you know, or whatever you want to call these things, Rubbermaid tubs or whatever, and he had different sizes of them, right? And and in these different sized tubs, he would he was writing on the outside of them, you know, God, me, you know, uh, all this kind of stuff. And and basically, he took he took one that was you know him. He's like, here's here's me, here's my Tupperware tub, and then he put a smaller one that said God in it, the Spirit in it, closes it up. God's in. God is in me. And then he had a bigger Tupperware tub said God on the outside of it. He takes that tub, he sticks it in that one, closes that one up. He's like, and I am too in God. It's really not even done with that because then it gets in the, you know, God's in us, we're in him, he abides in us, we abide in him. And then his love abides in us and all these other things. So then he starts like taking other, you know, here's a, here's a God's love, you know, we're going to throw that in there too and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's super cool. It's so super cool. Like for us to just get a glimpse of understanding what God has done for us. He didn't, folks, he didn't just send Jesus to the cross. He didn't just get us some fire insurance. He's given us a life that is forever changing who we are as a people. He's protecting us. He is in us, and we are in him. And all this ties together in such a may. It's so amazing to get to see how this all ties together. In fact, let's just keep going. Verse 14, it says, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And again, John's just coming back to the gospel, and he's just saying, you can't, you can't understand this without being reminded of who God is and what he's done in being the Father that sent his one and only Son to die for us. And he goes on in verse 15, says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he and God. Repetitive much? Yes. Thank you. Verse 16, so that we can come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Okay? God is love. That is his nature. It is who he is. He can't do anything apart from it. He won't do anything apart from it because it is who he is. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because he is so also, as he is, so also are we in this world. And so here's what's beautiful. Man, 
as we can understand the best that we possibly can as man or woman, the best that we can understand possible to see God's love and how it changes us and that he is in us and that we are in him, okay, that it's, it's like marching to battle with the greatest army in the world and you're about to go battle like one person who doesn't even have a weapon. Like th- there's, there should be like no anxiousness, no fear, no whatever. Like we know God's got this. And so then he, he, he begins talking, and I love this, he begins talking about this confidence that we can have for the day of judgment because he is, as he is, so also are we in the world. He's saying, I am with you in the world. I'm with you in the world, and I am in you, and you are in me. And you have nothing to worry about. No fear. Now, specifically here, because I don't want to misread the text, specifically here, he's talking about no fear at the day of judgment, which begs this question, are you afraid to die? Do you fear death? I was watching one of my favorite shows yesterday, Gold Rush. Lots of Gold Rush illustrations over the years, by the way, if you haven't been paying attention, because Chris doesn't watch a whole lot of TV, but I am not letting go of my gold-catching shows. I don't know what it is about those shows, just the equipment or something, I don't know. And on the show I was watching yesterday, they, uh, you don't care about all this, but anyway, one, there's a girl on there, and she's, you know, they're uh, basically, you know, in the outback of Australia, and they're trying to you know, find some equipment or whatever, and they're literally driving around in some, RV, you know, uh, Land Rover thing, and it's they got all the camping gear to just go camping whenever they need to go camping, and they can't get to a hotel, and they literally just kind of drive up on a farm, some random farm that's getting dark, and they're like, we got to, you know, we got to camp. We got to find somewhere to camp, and they pull up on this guy, and he gets out of his truck, and he's like, can I help you? You know, and they're like, yeah, we're just looking for a place to camp, and he's like, I got a place for you. And then he just gets back in his truck, like, follow me. And then, he, you know, they follow this guy out into the middle of some farm in the middle of nowhere in Australia. And the whole time the girl's going, I don't feel good about this. I, 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 you know, and, and then one of the other guys, of course, he can't, he's not, he's not going to let this lie. He's like, oh, yeah, no, he's taking us to a place where he's going to come back and kill us later, you know, kind of thing. And, of course, she's freaking out. She's like, I'm so afraid of somebody murdering me, you know, and all this kind of stuff, yeah. And, uh, of course, I'm just laughing at it because I'm actually at the same time, like, studying this passage of Scripture, you know. And I'm like, you know, but I think, there, I think there's truth to that. Like, I think there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time worrying about death and dying and all that kind of stuff. And I, I just got to be honest with you. We have no fear. There's no fear for us in death. Like, we're with the greatest army and the greatest king of all time, and nobody, Scripture teaches, every knee shall bow. And we'll get to be there for that. And we'll get to bow, and we'll get to see everybody and everything, all creation of itself, bow to the king of all kings. 
and you come back to verse 17, and it says something that it also said in verse 12 that I kind of skipped over, and it is so good. And in verse 17, it says, By this is love perfected in us. By this is love perfected in us. If you go back to verse 12, I'll read that section there. It says, If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. You take something that the Lord has given out, love, okay, which is what it's talking about. God's love, and then the Scripture's teaching us that he's going to perfect it somehow. I'll be honest with you. I don't think that, like, if I was writing this, that I would have thought, you know, oh, you know, yeah, God's going to perfect something in me. No, no. I'm thinking God's going to perfect that. He's going to like do. He's going to he's going to do a thing. He's going to put on like a fireworks show or something. We're all going to go to, and it's going to be like, oh my gosh, God really loves us with this beautiful display of His love. And instead, He says, "Nope, my love is going to be perfected in people, in man, in my followers." in my family members, when they abide in me and I abide in them, and then my love, my holy, perfect, life-changing love is then shared with others in this world. Then, by this, is love perfected with us. God doing something absolutely amazing in us and through us that the world might know who He is. we got to get past the whole like, I'm not good at talking about my faith. I'm not good at talking about Jesus. Listen. Do you know how to love somebody? Do you? It's like, the, it's like possibly, the, maybe, the easiest thing in the world once we get past the whole, like, whatever we don't like about the person. Okay? Let's just be honest about it. Right? It's quite possibly the easiest thing. The world is full of people who need to feel loved. Full of them. You're working with them. We're at ball games with them. I mean, you name it. All kinds of people that just want to know somebody cares. You know what? We don't just care. We have something to offer them the life-changing love of God. I mean, it's really amazing. It's amazing to me that he even wants us to be a part of the, <laughs> of the process. Just to be, I mean, you know, it work probably work, I know it would work way better because we're just a bunch of crazy sinners, you know, we, we're always screwing stuff up, you know. But I'm just thinking, like, he chose to do this this way 
And why? Because it is proof of who he is in our lives. When others see our lives changed and us loving them despite of who they are or what they've done, just like he did for us. Just like he did for us. Verse 16, you go back, it says, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. The biggest question that you've got to answer today is, do you know, do you believe? Do you know, do you believe? Whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. It's all proof in the pudding of like what's going on with us. We know and rely on the fact that he loves us. And through experiencing his love, we understand It's who he is. It is his nature. And understanding that allows us to live in him and us living in him means we live in his love as a part of our fellowship with him, taking on his nature. And that love becomes a part of who we are. His love becomes a part of who we are. So much so to the point that we don't fear death. Which is why in the middle of this love stuff that John goes there, he's like, hey, you know, don't you see how this all works out? Like, it gives us a confidence. And this confidence, literally, that we don't even have to fear judgment that we understand that love cancels out fear. Verse 19 says this, verse 18, I'm sorry. There is no, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We don't have to fear punishment. Jesus took the punishment for us. Verse 19, we love because he, loved, he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. It's not about us earning anything. It's about him giving to us what he wants us to have. Verse 20, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So uh, we get into this section here where basically we understand this is a must. Like we have to love our brothers. This is a tale of like what's going on in our hearts if we're not loving our brothers. We can't hate our brother and say we love God. It's hypocritical. He says, then you're a liar. We don't want to be a liar. 
And if you don't think that you can love somebody because they've done awful things to you or whatever it is, I'm just telling you, we can because of God's love and he loved us first while we were still sinners. And in verse 21 it says, and this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is proof of our obedience to who God has called us to be. And furthermore, it's, it's really pointing back to what Jesus taught. And he's, he's saying that. He's saying, and this commandment, the beginning of verse 21, and this commandment we have from him. What commandment? Mark 12. Mark 12, verse 30, and it says this. It says, and this is Jesus, and he says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. John wants us to get that God is calling us to love one another. He wants to know that we know God. And he wants God's love to work through us in this world, and he wants us to understand what that looks like and what that means, that God's love was sent, sent through Jesus for us, and that this whole thing is really the process of sanctification in us, making us more like him. And every time we spend time with the Lord, he does that a little more and a little more and a little more. Glory to God that he would take us sinners and want to make us like him and perfect his love in us by loving others that they might know him. He has given us all the love in the world. And he has created us to give it. Let's pray together. God, we are just incredibly humbled today with the reminder of your word and the reminder of what you want to do through us despite the fact of who we are, are, despite the fact that we are sinners, Lord, you just, you just love us, care for us, and you want us to grow in you and grow closer to you and be more like you, Lord. Only you can do that work, but Lord, we need, we need to pursue you. We need, we need to recognize the most important thing in this world is you. Our relationship with you, knowing you, God, I pray, Lord, that you would do a work in us, not out of guilt, not out of shame, but God, I pray, Lord, that you would draw us near. Out of your love, God, I pray, Lord, that we would see just how amazing it is and that we would run to you, to love you, to know you more, to be changed by you. God, thank you for the promise of your spirit in us. Thank you for being in us. God, thank you for the reminder that we are also in you. God, what an amazing, amazing thing. Lord God, we just thank you today 
for all that you've done for us, but most of all, for your son, Jesus. God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for paying the ransom. God, for anyone, Lord, that's here this morning, God, that's never trusted in you, believed in you to be their Savior. God, never believed in Jesus. God, I pray that today, not only would they believe in Christ, not only would they believe in the work on the cross, but God, they would surrender to you today. Lord God, may they even come find me, talk in the foyer right now as I leave this stage. God, that you would just burn in them, Lord, the need to talk, to speak with someone, just to pray, Lord, about the work that you're doing in their life. God, I thank you, Lord, for your son. God, we ask all this today in his name. Amen.